Thanks for checking out this message from City on a Hill Church International. For ways to connect and get involved in the life of our church, please go to our website, coah.co.za. Beautiful couple within our church that have just have made such an impact in so many people's lives. And just, yeah, from when I've met them, I've learned so much from them and I'm still learning from them. And so I'm excited for us to to yeah about their lives and and their their walk of faith so yeah just to start off Craig you grew up in a Christian home and Ursh you not so much (laughs) and so yeah maybe we can start by just sharing a bit of your story um, with us all right well good evening everyone and uh, to those on Facebook so my name is Craig Innes and this is my wife Ursula we have been married for 27, coming on 28 years this year, uh, by the grace of God. And um, we have uh, three wonderful daughters. Uh, so the oldest one, Abigail, is uh, working in Bahrain in the Middle East. Uh, she's a teacher there and part of a, an amazing church there. Uh, our middle daughter, Sarah, is uh, part of a missions organization and uh, she is currently uh, on an outreach in Tanzania, so also very far away. (laughs) And our youngest daughter, Danae, uh, is studying at a performing arts school down in Somerset. So it also feels far away. away. So, um, but uh, they are blessing to us, and um, I'm gonna let Ursh just talk a a little bit about uh, how she grew up. Okay, yes. Um, I definitely didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't really have a home much of my life. I didn't know what a home was or anything like that. Um, Yeah, we moved around a lot. Um, I went to about different schools eight different times. My parents were divorced twice. I felt abandoned in between and it was all in even already primary school age. And um, so my reference in growing up as marriage and family was very weak and broken, and I was very weak and broken. Um, And then it came to, I was about 21 years old, and I got saved in a church called Cornerstone in Johannesburg. And um, it really, really changed my life. It literally did. I think it was a complete change. It was really the church family. I know we've heard that quite a lot, you know, but for me it was because I didn't actually have family there. Um, I met Craig and we got married there, but um, his his family was also quite far away. But um, there were some really special people um, and um, that actually really discipled me through lifestyle. It was like not a very intentional thing. I didn't know I needed discipling. I didn't know I needed healing and all stuff like that. But I really did feel that I had a real encounter with the Lord. And um, one of the, there were two profound scriptures for me in the beginning there. The one was um, Joel, which is, I'll restore to you all the years that the locust has stolen. And another one was, if I get emotional, (laughs) it was Zephaniah 3, where it said that the Lord rejoices over you with singing and dancing. And I couldn't imagine that he could... Like, why would he feel like that about me if I don't do anything for him and that, you know? And just the way that the families... um, accepted me there were quite a few very close families on the eldership and the leadership and around me a few of my peers were single but there were a few young married people it was very very significant they really adopted me but it didn't feel functional at all it was very very relational I 
don't know, they just, they just did, you know, and I felt that um, once I got saved, you know, that that wasn't, that was it, I was just going to save and be saved and then go to heaven, but um, so the one family whose dad was a pastor, and um, I'm so grateful for them, but anyway, she really spoke, we used to pray together quite a bit, and at one point she said to me, oh, I think we must pray for the husbands God's going to give us, and I was so hurt and offended that she even said that, because I said, why would God want me to get married and have a family, that's a bad thing, uh, it's not a good thing, you know, but that how that was restored through a lot of time with them and their family and seeing the people in church, how it's possible to have a good relationship and good marriage and good families, and and I was really very broken. I mean, some of the things, there's so many stories, but like one of the things I wanted to say, even in that time, a very practical thing. I mean, I just came and went and I slept where I slept. I ate where I ate. I don't know, wherever that was. It wasn't on the streets, but it was just how my life was. I'd regularly sleep over at their place now once I got saved. And um, she eventually kept a toothbrush at her home, and we laughed about it, but it was such a deep thing, because she was like, oh, you need to brush your teeth in the mornings and stuff. I was like, wow, doesn't matter, I don't just get dressed and go. Um, hygiene and things, really common sense was not common sense to me. I didn't have that, I didn't know why you had to brush your teeth, why to clean things and stuff like that, and the really very basic things, and then very spiritual things as well. So. Yeah, so for me, um, growing up and thinking about getting married, then I was a bad reference, but then it turned into something really amazing, and then it became a thing that I felt had a mission and a purpose, and what her dad said to us, um, he did a teaching at Cornerstone once, was a triangle, if you imagine a triangle, and God's at the top, and I'm at the bottom, and the man will be here, and he said, you mustn't think to all of us, he said, you mustn't think, so Lord, what is this man going to give for me, and how's this man going to bless me, and how's this going to come to me, but more that, how am I going to minister to this son of yours, so the job became different, it became a job and a ministry to the Lord, it wasn't actually about Craig, he was the one that was getting the ministry, you know, that was really profound for me, um, because it, it, it helped me, I didn't struggle very much with submission and things like that, because because that was clear to me. That was the job, was I'm ministering to God by loving his son. And, um, yeah, that was my reference going into marriage and family, and God turned it around. Yeah, yeah and uh, I think I was fortunate. Um, uh, from my earliest memories, uh, you know, we would go to Sunday school, and um, uh, I think it was in primary school that we, we went to a meeting, and I remember my brother and I, you know, we gave our lives to the Lord at an early age, and um, I think we, I backslid a little bit, but then in high school, recommitted my life to the Lord, was baptized, baptized in the Holy Spirit. So I was really fortunate to grow up, you know, in a Christian home, in a Christian environment, uh, going to church, and um, at the end of my studies, uh, I happened to land up in Cornerstone, and, and, and met Ursh, and you know, so that's how, how our story unfolded. Uh, we had our three girls uh, in Cornerstone, um, you know, and then went on uh, from there to plant with Bruce and Myra uh, as a family, and then 10 years ago came here to City on the Hill. So, <laughs> oh, so Ursh, you, 
Can you tell us some of the, the biggest giants that you needed to slay, even in your life and in your marriage? Yeah, I think um, especially the, then getting into um, marriage and stuff because God started a great healing. And the first healing thing he did was a thing of the father heart of God. I totally experienced God as a father. I think it was quite good because the eldership and the people I was connected with was very father, 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 you know, and God restored that a lot. Um, but I did have to, because my reference was quite negative, so I needed to get a new reference. And it it really was the word and prayer, and I think there are quite a few people in the church that prayed for me because I think I was very wild, and I've never had boundaries. I've never had anything, so anything goes. I was really just whatever, no manners, no nothing, you know. It was no common stuff. So I had to try and get a frame of reference and, and really was from the word. That was my biggest thing. And I think when we did get married, for me, um, something that I struggled with earlier, as it got further, it wasn't very difficult. There were more struggles once I, we had the kids. Because <laughs> Craig just listened to everything I said and listened to me and obeyed me. So in the beginning, it was all fine. <laughs> but now we had to make decisions together. But one of the things I struggled with earlier in the marriage was um, triangles again. So if I was, I understood authority like if you think of a triangle, somebody's leading in the front. So it's not at the top that you're the boss of me and tell me what to do. And so as far as I understood, Craig was the leader. He was the leader of the home. we all the same value, me, him, and the kids. We're all the same value. Everybody's the same value, but the function differs. And so he was the leader of the home. But I used to find early in the beginning, yo, I was a bit frustrated with him because I felt like he took the honoring your parents more than leading the family. So at times when we would be with his family, but also I had no people to honor, so I really didn't care about parents. It's like they fit in at the back somewhere. Um, what, I just had to, I didn't know that. And, and so it was difficult to find that adjustment and that rhythm. Like it, it felt like he's not leading me anymore. He's becoming a son, but he needed to be my leader as well. I struggled a little bit with that. But, um, yeah, and I think sometimes, well, it's actually amazing what you were sharing. I was thinking back about this, Ains, is that in the I mean, I just, I had to depend on myself. So I was an independent person. Uh, there wasn't somebody to depend on for anything. I, I had to take care of myself, so that's how it is. But then when we got married, and now he was taking care of me, and so we had to link that. And in the beginning, it was a little bit difficult, like some of the things you'd probably say, where are you? And what I'm like, why are you checking where I am? What does it matter where I am? And it was like, now I love it. How much God is, it's because he cares. Where are you? How are you? And, and like, now I can't even go to Joburg on my own or anything. I've like become so dependent on him. Um, those were the biggest things. It wasn't a very big, it was a little bit big, not very, yeah, with the children it was bigger. <laughs> so, um, for you, Craig, obviously marrying someone that comes from brokenness mm. and now the Lord is in this restoring process, how did you, what, was it, how was it just forgiving and leading her, your wife into a spacious place? Yeah, so I think I was trying to just think back on that, but I think the amazing thing, uh, which is a testimony to Cornerstone Church, you know, is that Ursh came in there. And, you know, she was there for probably seven years before I met her. 
you know, and they discipled her to a point, you know, where I think actually where we got married, you know, we, we didn't struggle a lot in our marriage. I think, as we said, and we'll get on to that, I think it was more with, with when the children came along. But, um, you know, I think obviously in marriage, conflict is bound to come along. <laughs> and, um, you know, you have to be able to, to resolve that. You know, and I think, you know, Christianity uh, is all about conflict. You know, it, it's, you know, it's our conflict with God, and then it's a conflict with one another. You know, and I think the Bible's very clear, you know, on, you know, confessing our sins, uh, asking for and receiving forgiveness, you know, and I think that's, that's what needs to be worked out in a marriage relationship. But I think any of you who are married know that doing that practically is, is not always easy, you know. And um, so I think two things that I, I just want to talk about there that, that I think we had to work through. Uh, the one for me was, you know, often working out, you know, why do I need to say sorry, you know, because... Uh, I didn't do anything wrong, you know, <laughs> as far as I could see, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so often I think we learned over time to kind of, you know, why are you upset, you know, and, you know, what did I do, and, and to try and understand, you know, why I was wrong, you know. So, yeah, just to then, say in that, like, I didn't, you mustn't come and say sorry. You must know what you did. And come say, tell me, what did you do that you're sorry about? Yes, yeah. So, so I think that was a thing. And, and I think part of that, I think, was the difference with us yes. as a, a couple. You know, Ursh is a, a, a very uh, feely person, if I can call it that, or, or very in touch with her feelings and her heart and that kind of thing. I'm a more sort of logical, uh, you know, kind of thinking Crazy. kind of person. Maybe not so in touch with, with, with heart and feelings and stuff. And, uh, you know, so I think we, we often had to try and work that through, you know, where we had to understand, you know, where we were coming from. So, you know, I think that was the one thing that we, we had to work at. Uh, the other thing was, was, I think, our ways of dealing with conflict, you know. Yeah. And um, so Ursh is a person, if there's contact, she wants to sort it out and we must talk it out now and we must sort it out you know? it must get sorted and we talk it and we you know we we box you know and we we sort it out uh, I on the other hand I don't like conflict at all and if I'm gonna be in a conflict situation I tend to just withdraw into my shell you know and that would just make Ursh more mad because now she wants to box and fight with me but I'm I'm saying, no, no, I want to, to, and so I think we also had to learn, um, you know, to come to some sort of middle ground there, you know, um, and, and so that was, uh, you know, a thing for us as well. And I think there were times, and again, I want to just reference the church, you know, where, you know, and this is not easy to do, it, 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 all of this takes a lot of humility, I realize, you know, and um, 
So there were a couple of times where we just couldn't sort things out, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And we actually had to go to our elders and say, listen, mm -hmm. you know, we are not uh, sorting Tell this out. Tell what to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and where we actually had to go for help and have, mm -hmm. you know, an objective. Mm -hmm. And often yeah. when we did that, there was also an anointing there, yeah. and we were able to resolve mm -hmm. those mm -hmm. those situations, yeah, you know. Great. So, uh, I think it was that process of learning uh, how to deal with mm -hmm. conflict. And I must admit, you know, over the years through the marriage, it does feel like we're fighting less. I think. Yeah. yeah. You listen more. <laughs> <laughs> you listen. Yeah, and um, so you know, and what I've also realised recently is sometimes even just some minor incidents recently yeah. is sometimes Ursh will say something, I will react, but I'm not actually reacting to Ursh. I'm reacting to something else or something in the past, and I react and she's saying, why are you reacting like that? And I have to go back and realize, oh, it's not I'm reacting to Ursh, but something she said reminded me of a situation in the past that got me irritated or angry, mm -hmm. and I would react, and she would get offended. And then I realized, oh, sorry, I'm not actually reacting to you. I'm reacting to something from the past, you know? And when we were able to see that, it also helped mm -hmm. us to resolve conflict. Yeah, I, li I like what you're saying about having people that can look from the outside, yes. hey, just to Very say, helpful. okay, these are some of the blind Very spots, helpful. this is helpful, mm. and also tools, people that have gone before us, yes. giving us tools um, for that. So. Yeah. But that's, that's not always easy, you know, to say, yeah. actually, we, we've got a, it's humbling to say, you know, we've got a problem in our marriage, a big problem, <laughs> can you help, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, um, yeah, that's just, I think that I, I'm, my prayer is that that would happen more and more throughout mm. the church across the world, is that we'd have courage, hey? courage to mm. be vulnerable and yeah. um, open up our lives. But the Lord will also lead us to the right, yes. to the right people yes. as well. And, um, Can I add to that, Ains, is I think also it's something that I think a lot of us that know Bruce has learned a lot about that, of when he would say to us, if we go to him for something, he, I'm not coming there for permission of you better do this, you better do that, and that, and that, and that. He's giving perspective. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, when you can be just, oh, okay, there is another perspective. It's very helpful, you know. No, that's very good. Um, yeah, so let's chat a little bit about your goals. I know that you are missing them. And for those of you that don't know these goals, they are just incredible women of God. Just the way that they, they all three of them really, really love the Lord and just want to lay down their lives for the Lord. And um, so, but I, I want to touch on stuff that Ursh has, I've learned from Ursh over the years. When, when we have kids, you know, we've got the books that we need to read and we've got all the other people's kids and... Um, and I remember you said some things to me when my kids were young that really liberated me and brought a lot of freedom. And so, Ursh, what was it like for you with, um, with your girls and with these other moms and comparison and the books? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, I did. So because of the, the background and stuff, I had no reference. So I thought, like, I needed to read books and stuff. And there were one or two. In fact, there's only really been two books that have been very helpful that I found for me, and one was not helpful at all. So the thing was that my personality, because of the insecurities and no boundaries and things, I needed structure. And I would 
tend to lean onto formulas. I want a formula. If you do this and you do that, and then that's the, it's clear, it's sorted. That's what it is. And I struggled with that because it didn't happen. Um, I, I used to think it, it would make me feel, what's wrong with me? Why is everybody else fine? Why are all their kids achieving the milestones? Why are they all getting it right and mine's not? What is it that I'm doing wrong? And I mean, it's actually, we've laughed about it, but I, I'd never lost my temper. I'd ne I wasn't a person that swore anything till I had the kids because I was so frustrated. I was like, oh, I, I didn't know which way to go, you know, but there were some people, and there were, I think what, what was helpful was to get a, a, a few or less people who I could see were doing certain things, but like the one lady that I used to say, what did you do with this, what did you do with this? and she would say, my husband and I um, talked about it, prayed about it, and we felt this was for us, and it, it, it helped me, because I felt like I was trying to get a formula, but formulas weren't working, and I'm actually glad it doesn't, because I don't think that's how it works with God. Even in the parenting, if somebody's to ask me for advice, I'm nervous about that because I don't think there is a formula. I think there are values, but I don't think there's formulas that you've got to do. But I struggled with the books at the one point when this one book was going to help because none of my, my kids wouldn't eat properly. They didn't sleep through. They, didn't, they all crawled late. They all walked late. They talked early. <laughs> but nothing why. else. <laughs> But I was so, it was, it was horrible because everybody else's kids was all doing it and mine isn't. And even when it's your friends or your close, it's, it's, oh, it's not always so nice. So I think also I learned in that comparing could be a helpful thing if it was constructive. Like, so for instance, Abby was our first child and at 10 or 11 months, she was, still wasn't crawling. She would just sit. And so we did take her to uh, uh, an appointment for a doctor and stuff, and they said, no, there wasn't anything wrong. It was her personality, which that now I can look back and see, yeah, that's right. If the toy's there, she's not a, like a go-getter. She's like, okay, the toy's there. I'll play with something that's here. She wasn't going to move and go and get it, you know. And, and, but anyway, they all didn't crawl very quickly. But it was difficult. It was very, it was, it was very difficult. So I also think that something that helped me a lot was actually this family um, that I knew from Cornerstone that helped me a lot. And the, 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 there were two things. That the wife said this thing to me very early on. She said, you'll find you'll often be praying this prayer. Lord, help me identify the season so that I can understand the reason. Then when I understand the reason, I can accept the season. And that's been a very, very big thing because there have been so many seasons. You know, the goal has always been the same, but it looks different in different seasons for the different girls. That was helpful. Also something that, that um, the husband had said, uh, the pastor had said one time, he said that we try to, um, we're doing the funnel wrong with our children. And he said that the funnel should be small at the bottom and big at the top. So when it's small, it's tight. So there's strong boundaries, and it's, it's mostly what I say, you do. And then as they grow older, then let them have all that freedom. And that made a lot of sense to me because for me it was the other way around. I didn't have any... I just had so much freedom, but I didn't want it. I didn't appreciate it. It didn't help. It wasn't good for me. So it was helpful to to have input like that, those kind of things, that then we decided together, okay, how, what we, where are we going and what are we trying to achieve and then we could do that. So, yeah, the, 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 the two books that helped, the one book 
So when they were small, we also we had a lot of support from Cornerstone. There was m mommies and babies and groups and things like that. We didn't have mother's rooms, so we would just go to church and walk in the parking lot and share. And whoever, nobody around me, they stopped sharing about how their kids slept through because I would, I suppose, swear. But, but it was outside. It was outside, so it was fine. I didn't want to hear about somebody's child that you did this and did that and they slept through. I, I really didn't care and I didn't want to know that. I just wanted to know, oh shame, hey really, that's terrible. And feel sorry for me because I was feeling very sorry for myself. So that, that was helpful having that. And then the, the two, when, they, when we got, they got older, like primary school, there was less people support um, but there was a lot more Holy Spirit then. I needed to depend on the Holy Spirit a lot more. Um, an example of that was, Abby was, I think, grade six or so, and she wanted to go to a party. And I just, I honestly felt the Holy Spirit say no. So I said no. So she was very upset about that, but I really didn't. The fear of God was more than the fear of my kids. Maybe they probably feared me, but I wasn't going to fear my kids more than God. And I said, no, it's just no. I was very, very strict. Sometimes maybe too much. But anyway, then the Monday she came back and she said she was glad because some stuff happened and, and things like that. So, and then when they were teenagers, I found that very difficult. I think you found it a little bit, they connected with you a bit more, because I was still trying to be too strict, but I was still feeling like, well, I'm still responsible for you, and I stand before God, with Sarah the one time when she was, this whole thing, she wanted to go out, and we had some things that were not going to happen, and she just wanted to know why she couldn't do it, and I said, well, because I'm saying no, and I don't really care if she did want to or not, not in an, an ugly way, because I said to her, the thing is, I'm still responsible for you, and if something happens, I stand before God for that responsibility. When you're an adult, you can change everything and do whatever you want, but then you respond there. So, so for me, it became very much more Holy Spirit than books. Oh, so I like, I like what you're saying in that you've, I fear God more than I fear my kids, because I think nowadays people, we fear our kids, and yeah. we, um, we, we want to please our kids, and actually we need to have strong boundaries and say, mm. you know what, I'm this is the word of God, and, I'm, and, and the other thing that you said is asking God for the, the reason for the season. Yes. So when you understand the reason, it helps yes. you to, to, yes. to be in, accept yes. the season. And yeah, yeah so yeah. just with that and with the home, I think you, you as a family, you had some non-negotiables. Mm. And so Craig, maybe share some of those with us. What were the non-negotiables in your home with your children and with your family? Maybe before I do that, yes. um, I just wanted to, to add on to the yeah. previous question, because I think at each stage yes. of your child's growth, you know, when they're in school, now, you know, uh, certain people are getting all the academic prizes, all the sports prizes, and your child is not one. Yeah. And then when yeah. they leave school, oh, these ones are studying mean? medicine and getting the degrees and the cars and the jobs and getting married and all of that kind of thing. And you know, that can be a, a compare mm. thing, you know, and oh, even, still. Uh, uh, even still today, mm. you know, and I, I think one has to say, you know, God, what is, what is, what have you gifted this child in mm. and what have you planned for their life? Mm. And that's what I want to go to. I don't want to compare to others, like but that. I want to yeah, do that, yeah. Mm. So, um, yeah, so just in terms of the non-negotiables, um, so when 
when Ainsley uh, spoke about this question, I, I kind of thought I would like to prefer to look at it as, you know, what are some of the, the things that we valued highly, um, uh, you know, as a family? And I think there are many, and I'll, I'll just touch on, on a few, you know. So I think the first one that I would like to think that we valued highly was um, relationship with God rather than religion. Yes. Yeah. You know, and so, um, you know, so Christianity for us was not about, you know, all sorts of rules and, and things that we do, um, but it was about relationship with God, you know, and so I think the question is then how do you model that, you know, and, and I think it was a thing of, you know, us in our relationship with God, uh, you know, having quiet times, you know, letting them see us having quiet times, uh, talking a lot about our relationship. God said this to me, or God said this, mm. or I read this this morning. Including them. And including them, uh, you know, in that. And I think also, even as they got older, to, you know, including them in decisions that, mm. we, that we made, you know, and saying, you know, what is God saying to you? You know, when, for us, moving here to Clarkstock yeah. was a very big decision you know, that we prayed through and we, we spoke to the girls and said, you know, we weren't asking their permission, mm. but mm. we were saying, you know, you know, what is God saying to you, you know? And um, so, you know, for me, that's very much the crux about, you know, are they getting religion or are they getting relationship with God, you know? And we would try... Um, you know, to, to put them in situations where they could experience God, you know, because they don't want to, you don't want them just to, to know about the God of my parents, in a sense, but are they themselves actually experiencing God? And especially as they got older, mm. uh, into the teenage years, you know, if we heard of, you know, a youth camp or a worship night or something, you know, we would make an effort to make sure that they, and often it was at those times, you know, where they themselves uh, experienced God and came into their own relationship with God, you know. And I, and I think for me that, that is just such a, a, a key thing, uh, you know, that it's not their, their parents' God, but it actually becomes their personal relationships, you know. So, so I think that was really an important value for us. Um, the other one was obviously the Word of God, and that the Word of God is our highest authority, and everything in life, you know, we see through the lens of, of, of the Word of God. And, you know, we would talk about those things, you know. How do we do our finances? What does God's Word say about that? Um, you know, and so the Word of God, I think, was also a high uh, value for us, and we, we would teach the girls to do that. And then I think the other thing that was also a high value was church, you know. And I think for Ursh and I, you know, it's, it's, it's always been, we've been involved in church. That's been our life. And, and when the girls came along, you know, they just came, uh, you know, my parents and my other family were, were not staying close to us. So, 
you know, they would just fall in with everything that we yeah, did. Yeah, they didn't have a choice. They just yeah. went. So when <laughs> we went to church, to prayer meetings, whatever, mm-hmm. leaders' meetings, they were there, you know. And even though maybe at, at a young age they wouldn't quite understand what that was about, you know, I believe that, that, that there was something of that, you know, coming in. And as they got older, you know, we'd encourage them to go to be at children's church, to be at youth, um, you know, so that was that, was that um, you know, in, involved in church, that that was a high value. And even today, you know, when Abby went to Bahrain, the first thing I asked her, I said, okay, if you want to go there, and we believe God is saying there, is there a church there? And she said yes. And, and, and before she left, we had established that there was a church. She'd linked up with the church, so when she got there, there was, there was a church. And even Danae going down to Somerset West, you know. So a high value uh, on church, you know. And then I think the other thing, just two other things with that was, you know, the Bible talks about loving your neighbor, you know, and how do we live that out with our children, you know, having people in our home, you know, looking out for others, uh, being, you know, others orientated at their school, you know, who are the people who we can invite home and have round in our home? Uh, so just being others orientated. And then the other thing that's always been a big value for us is nations, you know, going on outreaches. Um, you know, we would take them. Yeah, we did it probably more when they were smaller. We would take them on trips to Zimbabwe. They would go with us when we went with Bruce, you know, and they would stay with us in the churches there and eat the food and... And then as they got older, you know, if Romka and I just thank God for Romka and the guys <laughs> who would then take the youth on outreaches, you know, and they would go on Botswana and Romka's Land Rover would break down and we'd have to try and get them back. And, but it was those times, I think, that built things uh, into their lives, you know. So there's, I think there's many other examples, um, I think for the sake of time, there were other things that we didn't value so highly, you know, that maybe other people would value. Um, so I don't know. We can maybe. No, okay. Um, <laughs> and they might change. Yeah, you know. So there are other smaller values, perhaps, you know, that 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 were just values in our home, and those kind of things I think are more debatable in the Bible. Mm, you know, for example. Sense. You know, alcohol. We just we just had a thing. We didn't have alcohol in our home. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, the Bible doesn't say you can't have alcohol. Uh, it just says don't get drunk. But that was just something that you know that wasn't. It wasn't a value for us. You know, but other people might not not be an issue. And even now, as they're adults, they will have to decide. You know, what is their position on alcohol? You know. I think we also had another value where, um, just on dating. Okay. I think that was a little bit higher for me then. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, from the Bible, and I know this is also debatable, you know, so people might have different opinions, but, you know, we just felt we didn't see ba- dating in the Bible. Uh, we, yeah, and, and, and we see courtship uh, with an intention to get married. But, um, you know, and I think both of us realize, you know, dating for the sake of dating, you know, what does it achieve? And often it, it, so 
you know, if, if, if they wanted to date in high school, we'd say, uh, no, what, what do you want to do that for? You know? Do you want to marry the guy? No. Okay. Then you don't need to date him. You know? Shame. Can I interrupt? I, I think I was a little bit harsh in things, but it was also just my conviction, my upbringing, things like that, that came into it, to the thing of where the girls, and then they've got friends, and then they broke up and everything, and I said, I'm going to smack you. I don't want to hear anybody about crying about a boyfriend. Did he put a ring on it? Why are you expecting him to be committed? It was that serious for me. I was like, well, if he, if he hasn't made commitments, you've got nothing to be sorting out. It's just get on with schoolwork, pass and get through school. <laughs> yeah, so there were some things that we, <laughs> that we didn't really value perhaps uh, as much, you know. Right. So I think it's also about, you know, what you do value and maybe what you don't value so much. Yeah, and just um, on that, your, your three girls are very different. They yes. have very different personalities. So yes. how does the three of them respond differently to some of these things? And how did, did you handle them differently according to their personality? Um, how did you, maybe Ursh, you can share a bit with that. Yeah, that's very good, Ains. I think if I'd wanted to, I would have liked everybody's all the same and everything, but it isn't. It wasn't. There were different seasons for each one, and the personalities are very different. Um, so, so let's say like the thing on the dating thing. Abby's personality is just a very com more compliant person. She, she'll think things through for herself, but she's just more compliant. Sarah wasn't. She, she wants to know why and tell her why. Danae, I think, was so scared from what I shouted at her that she just listened to the other two. You know? She told us one time, she said, on the issue of discipline, like just an example of that is that they, um, this thing of when, for me it was an issue when you've done something wrong, then I send them to the bathroom really so that I can calm down. And then they must come to me and say sorry, but they must say for what it is. Even if it was maybe wrong, but they must say, so, don't say sorry. They must say what, you know? And <laughs> Danae told us one time, well, this one time I, Sarah had done something wrong. So I sent her to the bathroom. And she was in the bathroom and I was already angry. And now she was waiting and waiting and waiting. And she wasn't coming out to say what she was sorry for. Yo, and I was getting so upset. Eventually I went into the bathroom and I said, Sarah, what are you? Because she's supposed to say, I'm sorry for... And she, and she was crying, I'm a p -p person. And I said, oh, no, that's not what the story is. That's not what I mean. And then Danae said, she was on her way to come and apologize. But then she said, oh, no, mommy's shouting even more now. Just go back, just leave it, don't worry. So she wouldn't push it. But then Abby, like, with, she was an introvert. And so if... If she disobeyed and there was discipline, I, I don't think there were many smacks because if we said to her, go to your room, go sit there in your room, she loved it because she's into It's like, yes, please, I want to be by myself with no one else. So she mo mostly got the, the, like the look you're about to, and then she responded quickly to that, whereas <laughs> the, with Sarah would go for it a bit. 
you know, okay, let's see where that's going to go. Not in a rebellious way. That's actually something that was very important to that I had to learn. And even from that book, The Love Languages, was very helpful. That just because I respond like this doesn't mean that person will. And so even like with, 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 with let me say, this topic, or I heard it on a radio talk show, um, the focus on the family, where they said, sometimes you have somebody, your child and their room can be completely a mess. But if you can ask, where's your book? And they come out with that book then isn't that okay? Then just shut the door and leave to a degree, to a degree, like there was no eating there. But so if the beds had to be made because you sleep in it, you make it. But if the books were all over the table, ooh, I can't, I need it clear, but for Abby, her books could be all over the floor, but she's on it. She could, you know, she didn't have to search for a book or lose a book or anything. What this shows also said, that's the one thing. The other thing was she said, sometimes you're thinking your child's being rebellious. They're not being rebellious. Like, so if we're driving somewhere and there's a sign that says, do not enter. I don't even look. I look the other way so that I can go there. I don't want to know what's going to... But some people's natural thing is... I wonder why. What is there that is the thing that we mustn't enter for? I'm not thinking like that. I mean, even Craig can be like that. I want, let's see what, and I'm like, oh, don't go there. And it's not a rebellious thing. And so it was also trying to read which each child was, what they respond to. Because if they all just get one clap, they can, it might not help the other one at all. So it was, I found that quite tiring. So you have to always think, what is the thing that works for that one? Because when I'm tired and I'm busy, and just do it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what I, I think what I love about Craig and Ursh is just the fact that you didn't get it all perfectly no. right according no. to the book. Yeah. But your three girls love the Lord. They, they honor you. They, they love God's people. And, yes. and they are pursuing the yes. things of God and yes. the things that God has for them. And, and I think that that is actually the greatest testimony. Even um, to with that, Ursh, um, tell us about your prayers. I remember you praying yes. for your kids. And even we'd often chat and we'd, you'd be concerned, even now with them not being in, in the home. Talk to us about praying for your kids. Sure, and actually that's a very big thing that I also should have said in the beginning already. There was a lot of things about prayer and to hear the Holy Spirit and to know what to do. I did feel like I prayed a lot and um, I think we always feel we can do more. But when they were smaller, I mean, I said this is dinner time. And this is what we're eating, and this is where we're going most of the time. And then my, my prayer was generally more about protection and let them love the Lord and that kind of thing. Whereas now as adults, yo, it's become a bigger thing in my heart. Um, because I'm just finding that I'm now not the one that can tell them where they can go, what they can eat, and things like that. But that I'm still con that I'm concerned, you know, that... The, and, and if I can just really be very honest, I don't want to dishonor them, but just to hear my heart in it is that even at like um, someone can once said to me, oh, when Danae was going, praying about where to go, God clearly showed us for her to go down there. And I really was resting with the Lord because I didn't agree with the Lord. I really couldn't see why she needed to go there. I wanted her to stay here. She was still young and this would be good. And, you know, but God had a different plan and it was a big wrestle and was really difficult. And at some point, somebody said to me, but you don't have to worry about them, you know. Don't worry about her. She loves the Lord and everything. And I thought, like, which morning do you wake up and say, okay, today I don't need the Lord. 
there is no day. There is no time. There is no person. I don't care how, sorry, I'm being very strong now, but I don't care how strong your marriage is or how strong your relationship with God is. You still need him. You still need his grace today. You still need his mercy today. So my prayer, so they haven't gone weird and funny things, but I still feel like I still have to pray for those things. And it feels like it's more now because now I just have to pray and trust so much. I can't do anything. I can't do anything but pray. And so for me, the prayer life's increased, I found, for them now as adults. And they need spouses. Please, Lord. (laughs) It's a big thing. I'm just... And with that, I think the prayer has been a contributing factor to the next thing of them being such secure adults. They, They... for those of you, of you that don't know the three girls, they secure in themselves. They secure in their personalities and not trying to be someone else. But for me, they've always been quite settled in who they are, even though the three of them are so different. Mm. Um, so what I was wondering, Craig, just you as the dad, because the dad plays such a big role yes. in that. Give, what are some of the things you feel you did it's difficult to say these are the things I did well, <laughs> but anything that you'd like to share just with regards to being the fa- fathering these girls? Yeah, so um, I think when, when I thought back of that, obviously I think some of the values that I mentioned before uh, I think definitely contributed to that. But I think in terms of being a father, what I've asked myself is how is God a father to me? And then, you know, how can I then be a father to them? You know, and, um, you know, so one of the scriptures I was just thinking, you know, when when Moses said, show me your glory, um, you know, and God passed before him, he said, you know, the Lord, the Lord, um, gracious, what, gracious and merciful, compassionate and gracious, Uh, slow to anger, loving kindness, you know, full of those things, you know. And so, um, you know, I think just seeing what is our relationship with God and then, you know, trying to model that, you know. And um, so I think just a few things from that. So one of the things that actually recently came to me, you know, is God as a father wants relationship with us, you know. And um, so, therefore, as a father, am I, um, you know, building relationship with my children, you know? And, you know, sometimes I feel I'm not very relational myself, you know, and so I don't know always how well I've done that. But I think what we, what we did do, you know, is we would they wouldn't date other people, but I would take them on dates, you know. Um, not... More than uh, me. Yeah. <laughs> and not that, that often, and especially when they were small. Things changed when they were teenagers, yeah. and I think we're going to touch on what happens with teenagers, but things definitely change. And so, you know, that didn't happen so often. But what's been amazing, uh, you know, is, as they come through the teenage time, uh, you know, and just even recently when they come home, they say, Dad, are we going on a date? You know, and, and I don't even ask now, you know. They actually want to go and have a coffee or something, you know, and it's just, it's amazing for me, you know, that, that, that God can only do that, you know. And so, 
I think also with that, to me, sometimes in fathering, we can have two kind of extremes that, I, that I've seen. You know, the one is, you know, uh, to me it's uh, good to have a balance between, you know, love and discipline. Oh, yes. You know, so sometimes we can err too much on the love side and, you know, not have enough discipline. And I think that doesn't help them, you know. It, it can make them feel insecure. But on the other hand, I think we can be very strict on the discipline, and it's, you know, it's discipline and law and you will do this, but there's no love and there's no relationship, you know. And um, so I think it's important just to, you know, to have uh, the balance between those, you know, and to, to be modeling that or, or trusting God to, and also, as Ursh said, being led by the Spirit, you know. When do you... Yeah. You know, when are you more doing the discipline? When are you doing the love? When are you being merciful? When are you being gracious? You know, mm. and so to learning from that, you know, how does how does Father God relate to me? How can I put that into relating mm. to my children? You know, so I think that's the one thing. I think the other thing that gives children security is your marriage, you know, mm. and... Um, you know, so I think by you, you know, building your marriage and them seeing a strong marriage, it gives them uh, security as well. You know, mm -hmm. so never to think, okay, let me just focus on my children yeah. and, uh, you know, and neglect my marriage. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, that's mm -hmm. not going to be, uh, mm -hmm. go well, you know. So, yeah, I think those are some things. Well, I love what, what both of you are saying. It's just that reliance on the Holy Spirit. How does God father me? Because that's, you know, family is a, a picture we, of yes. an earthly picture of something so much bigger, yes. of us being part of God's family. And um, so I love that. I love your prayer life, just praying for your girls, as well as you saying, okay, how do I father them well? And um, yeah, so are there any closing comments that you'd like to add before we pray? Um, yeah, I think we, we I th probably will touch on this in the coming weeks, you know, but I think the thing of seasons for me is also very important, you know, and, um, you know, when they're sort of preschool, you know, there's, there's a certain, that's a season and, you know, how you work with them uh, and relate to them is there, you know, when they're in primary school, that's a season. Mm -hmm. Teenager is another challenging season, and I think we're going to have a session on that next week, if I remember correctly. Yes. But um, you know, and then once they they out of school and young adults is another season, you know. So um, you know, and and just to to really be trusting God to you know show you what's needed in each season yes. uh, and for each individual, you know. Um, you know, so for me that's. Uh, and the teenage years, I think, if I can just touch on that a bit, uh, is, is challenging. Well, I think the thing was, was I think when I understood what, it, what was happening, you know, in the teenage years, you know, then I, could, then I could be more gracious. I could, you know, work with it, you know. And uh, so I think for me... and. Uh, the book that was very helpful in that was um, the there's there's a book 
that was written was called the five love languages. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, and that's the other thing with dealing with children. That's very helpful to know what is your child's love language and how do you work with that, you know? Anyway, but there's a book that talks about the five love languages and it's more, I think, in a marriage context, eh? But that couple who wrote that book have written a book called The Five Love Languages of Teenagers and I think they've also got one on children, you know? And that book just really helped me to see that, you know, when they become teenagers, there's a, a sense of that they have, it looks, it looks very different. Mm -hmm. And what they are going through is they are no longer your children, well they are your children, but they, they're getting to a point where they need to discover their own identity that is not part of you. And so from about the age of 13 or 14, mm -hmm. um, they suddenly change and they, they physically pull apart from you in, in, in every way, you know? And I think the more maybe insecure, the more drastic that might be, you know? And, and it comes across as rebellion almost, you know? Mm. But actually they just, they, they, they're wanting to find their own identity apart from you, you know? Mm. And so, you know, just some, some small examples. And when you try and do the things that you were doing, when, that, that they were doing as younger children, they see that as you trying to pull them back into, to be children, you know? And an example, um, you know, we would have, when they were children, we would have family times together. When they became teenagers, they didn't want to do that. We are saying, no, what's happening here, you know? Or they, you know? And it's, it's not, as I saw it, it wasn't that they, they didn't want that, they didn't want to be back in a, in a children's, they were associating that with being a child and now we're grown up. They were having their own. Yeah, so the value is, is still the same, but mm. le you have to do it differently, okay. you know? Mm. And, and even just in the love languages, I think they gave an example of, you know, where you would, as a, you would kiss your children, and hug them a lot and, you know, yeah. and when they're teenagers, no, no, they don't want that. <laughs> but now you can, you know, give them a push or a, or, a, or a high five or something. So it's still the the, the same thing, but it, it just, it, it has to change, you know. But as they go through that stage and they find that uh, their identity, you know, then they, they start to come back, you know. Uh, and it's also, as Ursh said, you know, they're learning to be independent, they're learning to make their own decisions. And you have to allow for some of that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's challenging, you know? When do you say, okay, you make your decision, you do this, or when do you say, you know, no, no, this, this one we're still holding on a bit. Still you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so I think, you know, those are some of the things. And then, you know, with, obviously with young adults, you know, now they're exploring their life, their career, you know, their partner, and, you know, just walking through them with all of that, they, they're more and more making their own decisions, uh, but how do you guide them in that, you know? And, and it's very much, I think, of what you've built on, you know, through all of those seasons that will, will, will make it easier or more difficult, you know? But always there's the grace of God, always, 
you know, there's um, the Holy Spirit to help you and guide and lead you. Yeah, and just on that, as Craig did share, we are going to be touching more in depth um, around teenagers in the next two weeks as well. Um, so please, would you send us your questions? Um, you, you can either send them to the church, church office or on Facebook. We'd love to, to answer those questions, any questions that you have around teenagers, because I think it is, it is a, big, a big challenge. And at the same time, Craig and Ursh, for those that are in our family, they speak to them, ask them questions. If you're struggling, ask them, please pray for me. That's what church is all about. It's about having one another, helping each other, um, accessing the, the multi-generational, ministry, the multi-generational um, church that we are, and, and saying, please, Ani, I don't know what to do. Don't be afraid to ask. That's what church is about. So, Ursh, is there anything that you yeah, would... I think just to be encouraged, I'd like to, if there's anybody that needs any encouragement, you know, God is such a great God, God of restoration yes. and healing. And maybe, you, you know, whichever, as a parent that you haven't even, I mean, my, I didn't even have proper parents, but God helped. But it doesn't mean don't do anything as a parent. But I'm just saying, whoever you are, wherever you are, God knows you and he knows your situation and he can. When we turn to him, he can, you know. The, we could be, have only come to know the Lord when we're adults and our children are adults. And, but still we can be praying for them. I really believe that God, that's what he wants. We're praying his will, you know. Yeah, definitely that God is a restoring God and yes. he can heal and that as long as we All keep saying, God help, Jesus help yes. me, please yes. help me with the situation, accessing mm. grace, yeah. um, finding ourselves in the throne room yes. and um, yeah, so I'd love for you to pray, pray for us, if, pray, just pray for our church and pray mm. for our families and marriages. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Father God, we just thank you that you have your, revealed yourself as Father, yeah. that you have designed uh, marriage uh, as a, reflect, a reflection of our relationship with your Son. Uh, thank you that you have designed families, Lord, and uh, that when we, we, we line ourselves up with that design and your plans and your purposes uh, that you are able to bring blessing, Lord, to, to us as a family, but also for us yes. to be a blessing yes. uh, to the world around yes. us, Lord. And, yes. and uh, so my prayer is, Lord, that in the church, Lord, that you would raise up strong families, strong marriages, Lord, um, that would be a blessing in the church, uh, that would be uh, a haven for people to come in and, and learn and see, but would be a blessing uh, to the world out there, Lord. Mm -hmm. And so we thank you for that, Lord, and thank you that your grace and mercy Amen. is available uh, for us um, in our marriages, in our families, Lord, and, and even when the enemy has uh, come in to steal and kill and destroy, uh, that you are still a God yes. who restores, Lord, yes. in Jesus' name. And I just want to pray for any uh, marriage that is struggling out there, uh, any family that is struggling, uh, parents that are, are struggling with children, Lord, 
I just pray for your grace, Lord, that they would um, just know that you are there, that you are restorative and redeeming God, Lord. Thank Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message from City on a Hill Church International. For more content and ways to connect, visit www.coah.co.za. Thanks for listening.